So uh, just just listen to this, okay? Okay. A letter to the Breakfast Club no. explaining why they all fail. <laughs> By Principal Richard Vernon, Shermer High School. Dear Allison, Andrew, Brian, Claire, and Bender, I'm mailing you this letter. I'm mailing this letter to your homes because I'd like your parents to know that you failed the detention assignment. <laughs> I asked you to write an essay about who you think you are, and here's a list of mistakes you made. One. I asked you each for a thousand words. Only Brian did the assignment, and he only wrote a paragraph. <laughs> a very sappy, obvious paragraph. Mm -hmm. Do you guys know what an essay is? At no, at one point during the essay, the handwriting changes to four different times. Changes four <laughs> different times. Brian wrote, "We found that each of us is a brain," and then someone else wrote an athlete. Another one wrote a princess. Another wrote a basket case. Why did you guys do this? It's weird. <laughs> You're not all of these things. Brian, you have no athletic ability. Bender, Bender certainly isn't a brain. Bender isn't an athlete either. Because he backed down after I threatened him physically in the supply closet. <laughs> Your essay doesn't make sense. Nobody used this essay to apologize for what they did. Jesus Christ, Andrew, you taped a student's butt cheeks together. Brian brought a flare gun to school. School is not a boat. <laughs> you all should have apologized via essay. Four, you signed your letter The Breakfast Club. What is this referencing? Did you guys sneak bref breakfast into detention? That is not allowed. <laughs> If the point of your essay is that I judged you all, well, guilty. To me, you're all weird freaks. In fairness, you're equally judgmental. When Allison came in this morning, she looked goth and nobody liked her. When she left, she changed her makeup to look prettier and Andrew made out with her on the school steps. <laughs> First off, that is not allowed, <laughs> and you are both in trouble. But my point is, why did Alif Allison have to glam up to get Andrew's attention? It would have been a stronger choice to have Han Andrew liked her for who she was, um. not what magazines like YM or Bop tell her to like, <laughs> tell her to look like. Remember Bop magazine? Jesus. No. So don't act all high and mighty, kids. You're awful people, too. Well, kids, I ended up writing a much longer criticism of your essay than I thought I would. The fact remains, this half-written nonsense you handed in was confusing. You all have detention again this Saturday while you'll work with Janitor Carl to repair the air duct, window, and door you broke on Saturday. <laughs> You think I wouldn't see those things? You were the only kids at school. What's wrong with you guys? Regards. Principal Vernon, Shermer High School. Aww. Aww. Reminds me of the <laughs> I, I, review I, of that movie that I did. Yeah, yeah, you guys. Oh my goodness. That was a fun review. Ruined another movie for me. Thanks a lot. I so gave it a good review. Doing? What are you talking about? No, I know. <laughs> you guys always ruin movies. How long? Well, magazines are dead, huh? For the most part. You can still buy them. But I mean, imagine, I mean, let's say magazines were still really popular. What would be the teen gay boy equivalent? If you could make a magazine for teen, for gay teens, okay. that is like Tiger Beat Probably for girls. Probably out, out Magazine. No. Uh, no, well, that's not, I mean, that's adult. It, think it? of it like Tiger Beat for girls, right? I don't know. <laughs> what would you call it? If you had it? a magazine, you know what, Jason? What? If you had a magazine like that, it would immediately be pulled off the shelves. Why? Because they would probably say something to the effect of, this is fueling pedophilia or something like that. <laughs> Wait a if minute. you have a magazine for young gay men that has other famous young gay men talking about their young gay lives, yeah, and they see maybe I don't know one or two adult men buy the magazine, yeah. they'll be like, "Look at this pervert!" See? Are you saying that that's adult men are. did not buy Tiger Beat? <laughs> They probably did, but that's straight. And or adult they women. They probably did, but that's straight, and they didn't notice. Uh, I think now. Have you ever seen okay. the movie Happiness? Huh? Have you ever seen the movie Happiness? I don't remember. Oh, I can't remember the director. Todd Salons. 
Okay, and it's a it's one of those movies with four stories of, with closely related people in it. Yeah, and uh, one of them is an a gentleman in his forties who we find out is a pedophile. Yeah, Well, he in the it's no, it's horrible, but it's meant to be satirical. Like like he so we don't know this. Like he has he's married and he has two children. Yeah, and uh, and uh, he walks he walks into a um, convenience store and uh, you see him staring for a long time at this magazine shelf. Yeah, and we're like what is he? looking at and all of a sudden you see what he's looking at and it's a picture <coughs> of like tiger beat magazine oh, with a young okay. with a young young boy sitting on the front like squatting on the front with that with a backwards cap on like <laughs> and he buys he buys the magazine he's like for my daughter and the guy's like yeah and he goes out into the car and he jerks off in the car in the parking lot looking at the magazine you're like what the fuck is going on <laughs> jesus christ this is how this is how we know who the character is uh-huh. is that but we don't we show don't tell and the first thing he does is jerks off to a to a Tiger yeah, Beat magazine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, go rent that movie, guys. You guys should do a review of that. You and you and J- uh, Steve. Yeah, well known, pop culturally significant films. We're gonna, just gonna do happiness. Uh, there's You've gonna be announcement it. on the next show that's gonna make you very happy. Yeah, it better it better involve better involve the Quizats Hatterack. <laughs> <laughs> and I better be on the episode. No. Nope. You, you knew I was I was like I was sitting there last week and I was like he, you said you're never getting that review and I kind of yeah. felt like you were going to do it uh-huh you're not saying it on the show but either way I'm just saying that's I'm assuming that's what it is and I was like close I was like I wonder if I could um, impose myself on on this so I could be in the thing and we can turn it into a a, a lemmy late seating <laughs> <laughs> Steve nope. would be like, Jesus Christ, get the fuck, get him the fuck out. Just tr- <laughs> shut off his mic. Just shut off his mic. This is a legitimate podcast. <laughs> We're a legitimate podcast. Mm. We're serious on this show. Mm. You want to well, do sh- like, This is the least serious show that you do. <laughs> this is the most relaxed one. That's for goddamn sure. Well, we're gonna we're gonna put a slight a, a slight you know poll up its butt for next we're week. We're gonna you put tell a slight poll up its butt. One that's a little curvy, but still. Ugh. You want to tell them? You tell them. All right. So my idea is that what we'll do is we'll accept your listener stories and uh, we'll read them as the cold open without interrupting much, so that you guys can get your story in. Yeah. Then thereafter, we'll switch to the regular show where we will read books from the public domain with lots of interrupting. With lots of interrupting. So I'm believing I believe that the first choice for next week will probably be the Call of Cthulhu, depending on how many votes I get for uh, on the Twitter poll, which I think I'll put up uh, in advance before the next before the next uh, reading. So right. once we we finished the Call of Cthulhu, which isn't very long. It's only like seventy pages long. Yeah, uh, I'll put up another Twitter poll with like Moby Dick, Frankenstein, Dracula, uh, Beowulf, things like that. Right, and uh, you guys vote. I'll put that. I'll tell we you about it. Dante's, and I'll put it we up. Could do, uh, we could oh, do we can do Dante's Inferno, yeah. can't we? We can, oh, we can do Shakespeare goodness. if you wanted. Do you want to act out some Shakespeare, Jason? I'm a trained Shakespearean actor, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. So that's the part that will make it funny. Yes, exactly. It'll be like, yeah. what the. Fuck? <laughs> What like, does this mean? Lo, and my hands are filled with testicles. <laughs> I bop them against my face. Uh... He's like, oh my god, he's going to ruin Shakespeare. You know what I keep thinking? There's something behind Jason. It looks like a rolled up mat, but it lo- it also is so smooth that it looks like a thigh. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's a severed a giant thigh. thigh. 
or a or a piece of intestine. It's one of the. It's like f- it's a, memory foam. It's a big piece of memory foam. Yeah. Oh, okay. But the way it's rolled up, it looks like a just a a thigh. That's it's memory foam, and that's somebody. what I'm sticking with. And don't you tell anybody else either. It, it stays here on the does. podcast, and that's it. Thank God, no one listens to it. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jason. <laughs> So this week, let's go. You ready? Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Let's get yeah. in. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Let Me Finish Two Men, One Story. One million interruptions. I am Jason Harding. And I am Atticus, about happy to get to the sex scene in my story. And on this show, Addy reads a story and I interrupt him, and we're going to be reading more of Pick Offenses, isn't that right? Yes. But we I are... just want to do this chapter. Yeah, he's been waiting to do the, the sex scene chapter point. because that's what he wants to do. Well, let's just, I, I'm telling you guys, this is the throwaway version for a reason. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the version I'm in is the fourth version of the book. It's, it's 700 pages. Some editor is going to take a giant shit in my mouth if it ever gets accepted <laughs> at a publisher or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it won't. It won't have anything this uh, lewd. Yeah, you're gonna Let's get a note that back way. that says the book is fantastic. Does it have to be a gay kid? <laughs> Well, I was thinking that what I would do is is shell it out to uh, young adult uh, uh, publishers first. Well, you're going to have no, to excise some of that sex right out. No, there isn't. The only sex that's in there is actually straight sex. Okay, great. And that's hey, very if, deliberate. Think about it. We're still taking your story, so if you guys have a story you want to submit, please go to the Let Me Listen podcast website, go to the contact page and leave it for us there, or let me know how you want to get it to me. Yes. Let's, let's do this. Finally, right. jeez. Dun, dun, dun. Ben had a dick in his hands, and he decided to <laughs> suck it. And he loved suck. it. It tasted all sweaty and salty. And suck. And if I feel teeth, <laughs> the screwdriver's going into your temple. You don't want to do that. A sudden serious brain injury will cause the victim to I knew you were hard. fucking going to know exactly what I was goddamn referencing. Oh, come on. The Shawshank Redemption is one of the greatest <laughs> movies ever made. Did you guys do that yet? Huh? No, Did you not and yet. Steve? Not yet. Oh, it's got to be there. Oh, of course. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Ben's eyes opened and he realized he had woken up before Joshua. The alarm clock's hands read 5.40 a.m. and the sun was just rising. There laying aside him in the bed was his new best friend. He knew it. He also knew that he would be staying with his family for a long time. How long? So there was... As long yeah. as the ropes hold. <laughs> Yeah. So there was no need to push his friendship. So I just realized what you said. (laughs) You can't chew through them. You can't. Josh awoke suddenly realizing he couldn't move. (laughs) He would take everything in slow, methodical steps, leading him to what he, no, both of them, he knew he wanted. Joshua was, quite literally, an open book, easy to interpret, just the sort of person he was looking for. For a few years now, he had been beset by the idea that he desired the touch of another young man. Oh. At first, he was disturbed and befuddled to find his friends idly oogling young ladies everywhere they went, Uh. commenting that they were delicious or angels. Then the conversation would eventually devolve into their depravity, so different from his own depravity that he did not know how to take it. I want to put my thing in her thing. I want to put my, I want to, girls' penises are different from ours. (laughs) Girls' penises, yeah, they go inside. Yeah. It's not like when we touch our dicks together. (laughs) You know, with a blindfold on. Yeah, at night when we have sleepovers. (laughs) 
we rub the heads of our day and our best friend is the one who actually has a foreskin because it kind of sucks onto the end of your dick. Do you know that most heterosexual males first sexual encounter is with a male of their own age? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I remember I remember like confessing something like that happened to a um when I when I was talking to one of my first psychiatrists um and uh, I was like I was like, "Yo, yeah, this is I just thought it was really fucked up because I, you know, I, I was was really young and there and she was looking at me like blank stare and she goes you would be surprised just how many heterosexual boys have that same experience. Yeah, they do. They get this weird thing where they're like, I, be- I dare you to touch it. Shit like that. Uh, y- you know what? Actually, in another instance, there was a boy who did that. Oh, really? Like, and he was, yeah, I was like, it was one of my brother's friends. He was like, if you touch my dick, I'll touch your dick. And I was like, no. <laughs> And my dad heard it, and he came in the room. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing? We're touching dicks, Dad." <laughs> no, it was it was my brother's friend. Oh, Jesus! My dad was like, "That's gross. I'll send you home if you don't cut the shit." Yeah, and did he? No, the kid shut up. Oh, okay, good. But as with anyone in a situation like that, he faked it, going along with their hoots and hollers and catcalls of their own creation, knowing that this would be subterfuge enough to fool them into believing he was just like them. Yeah, I totally want to do her in the butt, and then I want to hold her down by and pull her hair and and grab her boobs. I love boobs. (laughs) I just want to do them on the boobs. I want to. I want to put my dick between her boobs, Josh, and then stop it. I want to force myself in her mouth and I want to hit her. Okay, dude, calm down. Then I want to bury your body in the backyard, right, fellas? <laughs> what? Wait, come back. <laughs> <laughs> it also helped that he was their leader, the one who chose what they would do next, where they would go. Wait, Josh? Was there? Would... Oh, Ben was. Ben was. Yeah, right. this is Ben. This is told. This well, this is third person Ben's point of view. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, how they would entertain themselves with no money as the great majority of the boys were just as poor as him. However, he wished that he had not lied to get what he wanted. Mm -hmm. Not to Joan and not to Josh. He felt guilty. Whatever this strange family was, they were good people. Joan was a real mom who loved and respected her boy. When he first saw Josh, he knew knew what to make of him immediately. The confusing part was his age. At first glance there on the street, he thought that Josh was much older than him, closer to 18 or 19. Then as he asked him to throw the ball back, the way he moved. Something of it spoke of a person who had the temperament of a young adult for show, but had the heart of a boy his own age. The trepidation when he'd reached for the ball. The way he'd flicked out his hand and knelt down and said, I'm going to, it said, I'm going to throw this ball underhand. And that was enough that Ben knew it was a boy his own age and one who was just like him. Uh, he gave curious to stares to other boys that would not be, lo- that would be lost on them for me. Are you saying again. that he figured out that, that Josh was gay because he threw like a girl? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, in the 1960s, that's how you found it out. No, was that what it was? That's, that was the test in the, in the military. Here you go. Throw this ball towards me. Eh, you're out. <laughs> what? Excuse me. <laughs> I want. I really want to be a marine. When do we all shower together? When does that happen? <laughs> when are you going to give me a big, fat, hot, long gun? Is that after you shave my hair all, all short and butch? You know what I can do with the top of my head once it's all stubbly, right? I can put it on your asshole. I, it turns out that I have this disease that my penis gets cold. So everyone, I have to stick it in something warm. Do you have something warm that I can stick my penis in? Like a pair of um, boobs? Like, yeah, like <laughs> with, with my, totally with my girlfriend. I would put it in her boobs or her butt. <laughs> 
It's not gay. I just want to put it between your butt cheeks. It's not Come gay on. if I put it in there and you're saving my life. I know. If my dick gets too cold, then it we, will freeze off and then... We, we told you, know. you to get out. <laughs> you guys are the ones that let me all the way into the shower. I don't understand. Uh... The kind of stare that lingered just a second too long as if trying to drink in the image of another person. It was in a small... It was, in a small way, what had gotten him hit in the, hit by the car that made Ben feel terrible. Oh, because he was looking too long at Ben, that's why he got hit by the car. Oh, right, right, okay. Right. All right, yeah, he that wasn't was the paying call attention. to action. And, yeah, exactly. I wrote this story and I forgot what the call to action was. <laughs> <laughs> he got hit by a car because, you know, the guy with the car wanted to make him gay. Right. Because <laughs> that's how that works. He was fighting the car the car the, the truck wanted to make him gay he was like no truck no <laughs> leave you that poor boy alone gay. he fawned over josh's sleeping face he was so achingly beautiful ben wanted to reach out and touch him but did not caution he thought it was possible however unlikely he was wrong there would be a time and place for all of that and it was not now he wanted to warm to his new friend he mm-hmm. didn't know him thought that he knew that Josh thought, uh, though he knew Josh thought of himself as boring. Ben had seen it in his eyes when he'd asked what he did for fun. He knew from the sight of his room that Josh spent many days holed up in there. Aside from Boy Scouts, he had never gotten himself into any trouble, or got dirty, or sweat in late afternoon sun, forgetting about time itself until some parent came by asking after them in the dark. <sighs> Come on. So far, there's no sex. It's just a kid lying in bed staring at another kid. Mm-hmm. That's how it starts, Jason. Get on with it! No, no, I can see... Oh, okay. So that's why the sleepovers ended for you, because you weren't a homosexual. That's correct. We went to sleep. We watched some horror movies, and then we went to bed. And we said, good night, good chum. And he'd say, good night, fellow friend. And, and he we... said, Jolio, would you like to touch my penis? And, and you were like, no. fucking sleep until 6 a.m., and then we'd grab our cereal and watch Saturday morning cartoons. That actually existed for me, too. And I'm 40 years younger than you. (laughs) You're not. You lying son of a bitch. You're only about 12 years younger than me. I'm 10 years younger than... Wait, no, you're you're 49. I'm 38. That's right. 11. 11 11 years. You were born in 1981. Just like Steve. Yes. Steve was born in 1980. Well, it must have been late in 1980 because we're still the same age. Uh, More or less. Yes. It doesn't matter to me. In a long, in a lot, yes, but you like having younger friends than you because we make you feel young. That's right, I leech off your energy and it keeps me young. No one knows how old I am. Exactly like a succubus would. Every time I have told someone that I'm turning 50 this month, they go, what? Oh my god, your birthday is the 30th, right? Uh, it's a week from now of uh, recording this, yeah. Oh, Jesus, Jason. Oh, oh, I, oh, oh I, I forgot something. I forgot something. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> what? Remember the dream page that I told you about? The what page? The dream page. No, refresh oh, my I, memory. I, I, every time I have a, a dream, any t- any dream at all, I write <laughs> oh, it down. no. Just so I can remember it. Because they're really fucking weird when they happen. Uh-huh. Right, so I had... <laughs> I had this dream, right? I'm, I could not sleep for the life of me last night. I, I got to bed at around 2 o'clock in the morning. And I, and I, you know how you feel like you have a dream just shortly before you wake up in the yes. morning, but it's not actually how it works? Yeah. Probably dreaming the entire time and your brain's all smushing it together like an idiot. And I said... So I had this dream where I woke up and I was in a uh, in a uh, a folding chair, but okay. I was at a stoplight. Okay. I was had a stop like I was in a and in, in the folding chair was the vehicle. Okay. And a bunch of people pulled up to me next to me in other folding chairs, 
And uh, one I, of them, one of them was a person that I went to school with named Chris, and he was sitting there and he was hooting and honking from his from his folding chair uh-huh. next to me. He's like, "Fuck you, you son of a bitch! I hate you, you piece of shit!" Oh, and Jesus. I was, and I, and he's like, I'll, "I'll I'll kick your ass!" And then I looked over, and and, and you know how you're in dreams, you you know you're tough. Yeah. I look over, I put my fist up, and I'm like, "Nobody loves you. That's why I'll be able to win." <laughs> oh my god! I don't know why. I don't know why. And I said, I said, "You won't win because nobody loves you." And I and I told them all off, and uh, and all of his friends were in there in their folding chairs as well, and they're like, "Fuck <laughs> they're you, like piece a of shit!" Folding chair gang. And the, yeah, and they're at the red light, and all of a sudden it turns green, and I scoot away in my in my folding chair. <laughs> it's like the chairs in Wally. Yeah, and they're all after me, right? Uh-huh. And for some reason, we end up at Camp Oh My God. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm running across the field, and then and then uh, and I I kick I kick this little like this 12 year old boy who's with them in the stomach. I don't oh know my why. god! I'm like, fuck you, you little shit. And he gets up, and I realize it's the little kid who starred in mid-90s. Have you seen this? No. It was a movie directed by Jonah Hill. Um, okay. Which, it was really good. It was really well made. It was a fun movie. You, everybody ought to go see it. But he's like, say, fuck you. My brother's going to kick your ass. And I'm like, no. And I kick him in the stomach. <laughs> And he just keeps mouthing off, and I'm, and then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with me?" Oh. That was the dream. That was the whole <sighs> dream. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's your fault. Yeah, I did it. You make my mind go to dark places. <laughs> all right. He would help him get there to the point where he was not so self-aware and more relaxed. The neatness was nice, but wow, was it too much? Yeah. This kid needed to get filthy and be entirely okay with it. Ew. There was something in Josh which screamed that he desired that too. Ben just knew it had to. He had to help him get get there. Yeah, and to start, yeah. he would put his dick in his mouth while he's asleep. That's the best way to get him. Yeah, mouth rape. And Ben grabbed sleeping. his Polaroid camera. I don't care if they didn't exist yet. Grabbed his Polaroid camera. No thanks. He inspected Josh's bruises and stitches. Not that he knew what he was looking at, or could help him in any way with it, but felt bad again merely for being present. He worried that he had influenced Josh to get hit by the car. Ben knew that there was something ro- something about his own face, his temperament, maybe his smile or his tone, that when he asked for most things, he would get what he wanted. Hmm. This was a power he wielded care- carelessly since the first since his first. Co- uh, conscious thoughts at the age of four, then more cautiously by ten, or so he thought. He had opened his hand, and it was filled. He would ask, and he did receive. He'd smile, and it was complimented, etc. Uh-huh. This influence he had over other people was so dominant that at times that he had to ask himself if people were doing it because they liked him, cared about him, or because of the power. What power? Now say He's the, able to now say the inf- power of voodoo. The power of voodoo. Voodoo. <laughs> the power. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me of the babe. <laughs> I can't remember how I can't remember how it goes. Wait, wait. The power of voodoo, hoodoo, you do. No, I think it goes. Um you remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Who do? You do. Do what? Remind, remind me, remind of, the me of the babe. <laughs> Holy what shit. I sometimes forget my children's names, but I remember that. <laughs> What kind of magic spell to use? Dog Come on. Snails and puppy, puppy dog, dog tails. tails. Thunder and lightning. And baby says, "Goo." <laughs> he thought he would never know. I sat on it. a panel with that kid. The baby? Yes. It was. A, he was a fucking baby. Why would he be on the panel? Okay. He can't answer. Listen questions. to me. I did a panel about um, new media and puppetry, right? And the panel consisted of me, and he is the child of um, Brian Frout, the guy who did all of the artwork for Labyrinth and The Dark Crystal, and he was the baby in the 
the movie. When mm. I met him, he's, I don't know, 25, 26. He had one of the puppets from uh, from Labyrinth. I had Oswald, right? Oh my god, no. I have a picture of us together. And um, we had a, a really great conversation. And he, what you know what was really great? Because this was at a convention. Um, his kid, he had just had a baby. And his baby was about his age. And he dressed him up in that red striped jumper. Oh no, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a really great guy. He works for... Yeah, I want to find out that he's a terrible person. Just tell me, tell me that he threw the baby on the floor like he slam dunked him He came in drunk. He said, I'm the baby from Labyrinth. He's carrying the baby like a suitcase, like sideways, like a a baby doll. is one of the animators for Leica Studios that did um, Kubo and the Three three Strings. Have you seen that? No. See that? It's gorgeous. Is that Um, on? Oh, that's on Netflix, isn't it? And Coraline. Did you see that? Yes, I saw that one. Okay, so he's he's one of the uh, puppeteer animators for that. Nice. Yeah. You got connections, motherfucker. (laughs) You connected. I connected. Get me into Hollywood. Get me my oscar yeah that's what i'm gonna do we are gonna write a screenplay jason mm-hmm. and we're gonna it's gonna it's gonna be sent to some studio and, and then it's gonna be made gonna... into a movie where they chop it up and what if they it? just option it and pay us for it well we would still be the authors on the oh if they option it do they replace the names no but they may never make it their studios will pay for scripts and then never make them okay simply because so uh, well whatever yeah as long as it's david lynch who directs it <laughs> as, long, as long as he lives david I mean, lynch doesn't direct anything he doesn't write dude come on well, he didn't write Dune. Yeah, but that was the last time. This is the last time. <laughs> well, it's because they fucking murdered it. Uh, you're the uh. one that keeps talking about uh, the David Lynch talking about the sit-down interview that he had with George Lucas because Lucas wanted him to direct Return of the Jedi. No, thanks. No, it, it really, his quote was, and he just kept talking about these Wookiees and I had such an awful headache. <laughs> I would, too. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> All right, wait, what's wrong here? Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Shit, I accidentally hung up on What you. did you do? Keep recording. And we I didn't stop. I didn't stop either. I'm sorry. What did you I do? Moved, I moved the screen and all of a sudden it hung up. And yeah, and he just disappeared and it was like instantaneous. Like, oh, I guess he, he got angry about me making fun of no. David Lynch. <laughs> oh, and... No, he kept talking about these walkies. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to meet him. I want to meet him. I do want to meet David Lynch. He did a couple of talks um, uh, out here at, uh, um, what was the university? I can't remember. Brandeis? Was it Brandeis? Ah. Probably one of the universities in Boston. And my friend Dave got to talk, got to, well, not talk to him, but got to be a part of it. It was like 100 person um, from the the school. They got to to talk to him, meet meet and talk. And uh, one of the people asked him, what happened between you and Kyle McLaughlin? Because this was this was like before the new Twin Peaks. It's like ten yeah. years ago, and he's like, "I don't want to talk about that." Next question. <laughs> it was like the only question that he wouldn't answer. But anyway, all right. Yes, he believed at first his power had struck had struck Josh, blindsiding him like the truck. But later, when Josh had not totally been totally forthcoming with his drawings, he asked him about something embarrassing. The tables had been turned. Uh-huh. This excited him so much that he actually told the truth. He could not read. And the night before, when Joan had prodded him about his life and felt a more cautious a cautious adult was with him, one who would not be fooled by his shenanigans for very long, just as he knew that Josh had not really believed the story about the wealth and the farm. Joan couldn't... He, Jason was right. He knew he was fucking lying. Uh huh. Joan could not possibly have believed the story about his mother and father. Nope. I know a tall tale when I hear one. 
she had to know that that was not his trailer, nor had the woman he'd called his grandmother been his grandmother. She was a smart one and would eventually get to the bottom of this. But even succeeding in that, he knew somehow she would let him stay with them, not because of his power, but because she desired for her own life to be shook up too. I'm a little concerned about a kid who thinks he has a power. Well, what if he does? He doesn't. Um... Jason, I'm the author of this story. Does he have a power? You're not even taking a hint. All right. (laughs) The monotony of taking... Well, we can't finish this story because we're reading books from the public domain. (laughs) That's right. We're going to be talking about Cthulhu, baby. The monotony of taking care of the perfect boy. Josh had to take its toll on her somehow. He imagined that she must have some dirty secret. She must be hiding something. Mm -hmm. Not that he would ferret it out, but kept this knowledge in the back of his mind after seeing the strange brassiere she'd been wearing at the hospital. It reminded him of something. Actually, what it says is it reminded of something Jack had shown him a year earlier in a magazine. A full-page photo of a woman with jet black hair over a chair with her breasts popping out of a black skin-tight bustier. The photo did little to incense him or incite him other than to think of women as beautiful and appreciate her much as one would appreciate a rose bush, but not, <laughs> much, not much else. Yes, everything in that home was genuine. He would have to work to gain the full affections and trust of the two people. Before the he murders time. them. No, no, he's just gonna get, you know. It was a joke, Addy. Butt sex. That's, I know yeah. that's all he wants. <laughs> Well, he also wants to live somewhere. Is he homeless? No, he, well, he does stay with that woman. Okay. It's it's just not... I did want to make him homeless at first, but then I was like, no, no, no. We need a creepy grandmother in there. <laughs> it's time to wash underneath my breast, boy. <laughs> no, it, it, you know what? It gets even creepier I'll lift than that. a new like, scrub. Way, way creepier than well, that. Well, okay. It was, it was time for them as well. <laughs> I don't even know what that sentence is in context. I don't dude. know either. It was time. That's a, that's like one of those one sentence horror stories. It was time for them as well. <laughs> uh, they wanted him there. Josh wanted them there, and that filled him with glee. He thought for a moment he could risk one touch to rouse his friend from sleep. Mm-hmm. It would be a casual but affectionate. He grabbed Cautiously, his balls. He reached- <laughs> He grabbed his balls and squeezed them and said, Wake the fuck up, you wakey, piece of wakey, shit. Wakey, wakey, Josh. We're fucking on the floor. I'm going to give you a rug burn. <laughs> Cautiously, he reached out with his left hand and put his palm on Josh's shoulder and gently squeezed. Shook him a bit. Wake up, Josh. Josh grunted slightly but did not stir. Then he let his hand fall from the shoulder to his ribs and let the tips of his fingers tickle him a little. Oh, boy. Josh again grunted but did not open his eyes. He opened his mouth and tasted his own tongue clacking against the roof of his mouth and exhaled what smelled what smelled to Josh like a breath of garbage. <laughs> the breath of garbage. <laughs> the hot breath of garbage. Hot breath it's, of garbage. <laughs> it's Josh Thulu, the hot breath of garbage. <laughs> 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 well, they both wake up with morning breath. I mean, mm-hmm. but they, yeah. Ben covered his face against the smell and let his hand slide down to Josh's waist on the side of his bad buttocks and left it there. Uh-oh. Was this too far? Yeah. I did not think so. No, because Josh didn't say no. Josh is That's asleep. That's how that works. <laughs> no, he's waking up. Ben worked his, right, worked his right hand out from underneath to comfort his own warm body and touched Josh's face ever so slightly on the cheek. Yeah, you gotta listen to me, babe. Josh's eyes opened slowly and he smiled like a child on Christmas Day. He on, only he did not have to leap from his bed to wake his mother and father for his gifts. Everything he wanted was right in front of him. Right and there. touching him, in parent, apparently. You can't wait to unwrap this gift. <laughs> yeah. Just, just open the shirt and take off that pants. And say, oh my goodness, I want to look. <laughs> Please tell me that's in the book. <laughs> not, Gloria is not in this one. <laughs> Are you sure? Can't she be? 
No. Can't she be the daughter that Joan has walled up in the house? I need to watch through the wall. Let me see. Mommy, can I please come out? <laughs> please, can you put both of your penises in my vagina at the same time? <laughs> Where's that voice coming from, John? <laughs> Oh, that! Oh, wait, you can hear it too? <laughs> a hand on his face and on the other side, embracing his butt. Was this happening? Wait, yes, what? He thought. How no, can one his hand, hands be on his face? One, a hand on his face on and the other on his side, almost embracing his butt. Oh, okay, thank you. Was this happening? He thought, just, just let me get to it, Jason. <laughs> well, you're reading it wrong. How did you sleep? Without moving his hands, Ben said, like a baby. I, I don't know why I woke you. I'm sorry. It's okay. We needed to get up anyway. Yeah, but now I don't want to. I hate that. What? You're a scoundrel. No, it doesn't say that. Don't say that. Oh, please don't. <laughs> Maybe what you need is a scoundrel. You're so dirty. How dare you, dirty boy? No, he took a shower the night before, remember? You know what I mean. <laughs> but your dick tastes like candy. <laughs> Can I lick it? How many licks does it take to get to the center of your titty pop? We're going to end soon. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I, why? Why the fuck would we have to end? Show's You're over. like that's a horrible right thing. Right before that you I've even said. get to any of the sex stuff, it's like, oh, that's an it, hour. It ends like it ends like the Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, that it's so hard to sleep sometimes and it's uncomfortable that when you wake up in the bed, it's almost the most comfortable place you could possibly imagine. I know, it's so warm. Yeah, it's a lot warm with another person here. There was silence. The two stared at each other and then nothing happened. <laughs> breathing down the same, breathing the same garbage air, but garbage ignored air. it. Your <laughs> breath <what> reeks. <laughs> I don't care. I want your breath reeking mouth on my dick. <laughs> Neither Please flinched. make my dick smell like your garbage mouth. Please make my garbage mouth smell like your dick. <laughs> Uh, neither flinched in this long staring contest. Josh moved his hands to Ben's side, touching him with the same amount of pressure as Ben's hands, then touched his face. There was something quizzical in the air between them, as if a breathless question had been asked and now hung there, stagnant, waiting their next move. They inched close. This is like erotic now. Like, this is actually like an erotic novel. Mm-hmm. They inched closer, clasped hands tighter. Josh tilted his head up from the pillow, and Ben rested more into his, both attempting to accommodate each other's noses for what was about to happen happened. Awkward as it was, the two of them, the two of them, it felt natural. That's what it says. The two of them, it felt natural. To the two of them, it felt natural. As a foregone, as if a foregone conclusion that had to be reached. Ben was touching Josh. Josh was touching Ben. Both things spoke the word, yes. The space between them collapsed. Their lips touching, hands groping, chests oh. bumping. Everywhere they touched, it was not enough. Ben found himself fumbling up and down Josh's chest <laughs> and back and under his shirt. Josh found himself gripping Ben's buttocks so tightly he may have been causing him pain. The two felt the welling sexuality in their stomachs, which radiated outward from there. That's the causing... wrong place for that. <laughs> huh? And this, that's where I feel like my that's where I feel it starts, in my stomach. In your stomach, really? Yeah. I, the desire? I always feel it right in the pit of my stomach first. Weird. Okay. Yeah, I know I'm weird, but I don't stand at the urinal with my pants around my ankles. <laughs> I may have had sleepovers till I was 84, but you know... <laughs> Inviting the school to ch- the neighborhood Come over to my house for a sleepover. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Fine. The two felt the welling sexuality in their stomachs, which radiated outward from there, causing each to touch, create ecstasy in the other, and the kisses drove them wild. Neither had, ev- had ever kissed anyone, but rather than going in cautiously, like learning to ride a bike, each threw off their training wheels and had hit the road. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, so bad. That is awful. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just going to put that out right now. You put in an imagery of a of what five-year-olds do in a scene where two boys are about to suck each other off. <laughs> Neither had ever kissed anyone, but rather than going in cautiously like, ride, like learning to ride a bike, each threw off their training wheels and had hit the road. <laughs> I fucking love it. You know what, though? It's leagues better than... They've made love in ways that neither poetry nor pornography could contrive. That's like, that's like, that's like Dean Koontz bad. Yeah. Soft, then hard, then playful, then stop, then look into each other's eyes, then kiss. Ben removed his shirt and threw it over the side of the bed, and Josh followed suit. Ben ran his hand along the top of Josh's chest and down to his stomach and caressed there. They swallowed hard together and kissed again. They pulled away. Ben asked out of breath, Are you okay? Yeah, Josh replied, but did not say, Better than I have in my whole life. I, I'm worried. so happy. <laughs> <laughs> We're married that... now. <laughs> We're married now. <laughs> he worried that the statement would cause Ben to disengage with its pure honesty. He realized his fantasy. It was now a reality. He did not know, even when dreaming, that were this actually to happen, the world would seem as if some far-off place, and he would feel adrift in the middle of an ocean, or lost in somewhere in space, a boy contented to float amongst the stars. His bookshelves, desk, floors, walls, and ceiling flew away along with a rush of air that accompanied an explosive decompression. What? Jesus! <laughs> My eyes fell out of their skull like Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> And my tongue plugged out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> said Ben. <laughs> the pages of his novels winged away like birds. His drawings were savagely torn from the shelves and swam farther and farther away. There was no one there to see Ben from no one to see he and Ben for millions of miles, and they were completely alone. Ben thumbed down his pants, allowing Josh to see under the covers that he was erect and ready to do whatever it okay, was they were. Let me about put this do. in here. They would have been erect a lot. Long time ago. Wait, wait, you're you're cutting out. Say it again. They would have been erect a long time ago. Oh, I know, but he he pulled down his pants and he saw that he was erect. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not bad at this. I'm, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying you know. they would have felt their boners a long time ago. They would have been sword fighting through their pants. <laughs> exactly. Josh again followed suit, only wary of Ben's judging eyes, but knew whatever was the outcome, it would be great. Ben smiled <laughs> and his eyes widened. There they were, laid bare, completely naked and devouring each other amid sparsely luminous backdrop of space. Everything was happening, lost in each other. There was newness, something they could produce in one another anytime they wanted. This is uh, what adults had been hiding from them all this time. That's right. And it was, and for them, it was doubly so. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. The only thing, the only thing in the entire universe that would make them happy, and it was hidden from them, having to learn about it through secrecy and subterfuge, was insulting. They defied this, tugging at one another, knowing the eventual outcome. It raged through both of them at the same time, pressing a- against every blood vessel in their. body bodies screaming to be let out then was released in a torrent of short grunts and deep breaths they sighed elated tired they kissed again and laid there staring for a long time panting away the gratification and liberation <laughs> they were free now to, to say whatever they wanted their secrets were known and, and sticky and they smelled like alfalfa sprouts <laughs> <laughs> joshua leaned out of the bend and palmed around for a shirt on the floor lifted it took it beneath the blankets and wiped the semen off his hands and body <laughs> then did the same for ben Josh held the shirt over his over the bed. They both inspected it for a moment and giggled. 
<laughs> looking at the shirt, like, look at the shirt, man. This we is can... our love shirt. <laughs> this is our love shirt. <laughs> when we adopt foreign children, we're going to show them our love shirt. Say, this is the first time that your dad had sex. We was great. Josh then tossed the thing over the side of the bed as he had before and nestled himself into Ben's arms. Head under Ben's chin, breathing deeply under the covers. A multitude of thoughts assailed him then, as if a book written by a madman were turning pages in their heads, but read with a sort of calm that could only be achieved after this type of release. I am so Wait, happy. a book I written so... by a madman? Yeah. A multitude of thoughts assailed him then, as if a book written by a madman were turning its pages in their heads. Oh, okay. But it read with a sort of calm that could only be achieved after this type of release. I'm so happy. I'm so elated. I've never fa- felt anything like it in my life. I I want to do it again right now. Let's wait. He's so soft. I can touch him anywhere I want and he'll let me. Touch then and then did lovingly, gently, adoringly touching one another the way young men and young and inexperienced men do. Josh asked, smiling, what just happened? Of course he <laughs> knew what had happened. We jerked but... each other off. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> also, I'm yeah. hallucinating that I'm in space. <laughs> Okay, can I say this since we're probably never going to finish this? What? They actually were in space. Wait, wh- what? They were in space. Their their overwhelming <laughs> sex drives transported them into space? There's a lot of things going on here that... Uh... I know, this, yeah, okay. Yeah. Ben put his hand under Josh's chin, lifted and looked down on him. We made love, I think. Then he chortled down. He chortled at his own uncertainty. I I think so, too. Did you think that was going to happen? No, but I wanted it to. Me, too. Really? Again, uncertain, Josh lifted his 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 head up to see Ben's face, to see if he were lying. Josh thought that the most honest moments of his life were just after masturbating. (laughs) Now, having just made love, as Ben put it, the honesty would be so compounded that every moment of Ben's life would be forthcoming. He would never lie again. And to Ben, it was. He felt compelled to answer. Yes, I've wanted it my entire life. When I saw you there on the street, I knew I could have it. The words came out of him as if he had been compelled to speak in a moment when he would rather have shut his mouth. This befuddled and excited him. Josh had done it to him. What had he been doing to others this his entire life? He wanted more of it. Oh, Josh did to him what he's able to do to other people. Okay. He he compelled him to say something that he didn't want to say. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, this is where it gets weird. I'm happy, Josh began. But, be- but felt a wretch in his stomach. He caught his breath then. I'm happy. And then he felt the wretch again. Ben pushed away from him to see what was going on and asked, Are you okay? There was a pull at Josh's stomach, as if Poseidon had once again reached inside of his body and thrust forth with his trident, attempting to force <laughs> out the contents of his abdomen. Like he Poseidon doesn't heat. have anything better to do. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second, I have to make these two gay boys throw up. <laughs> Give me a second. Roar! <laughs> it's just Jason Momoa underneath the bed. Yeah. He's like, he's like, that was cute. Hold on. <laughs> ben sat up in fear. Josh swung his legs out of the bed and sat on the edge, clenching his belly, which heaved. He heaved with great force. Rivulets of spit began to drip out of Josh's mouth onto the floor. Gross. But, but no vomit was forthcoming, as he had not eaten since the night before. Ben reached out with his hands and rubbed at Josh's back soothingly, gently, and tenderly as before, hoping he could somehow assuage the violent retching that had overcome his love. 
While the touches were <laughs> soothing, they did little to stop the pain Josh now experienced in his chest. The veins of his face popped out, terrifying Ben. Now that his right hand on, now that he had his hand on his back, at the back of Josh's neck, and the other rep uh, rubbing at his, uh, his doubled over belly. What's going on? Ben began to ask. Then uh. very fiercely, a torrent of clear honey-colored liquid streamed out of Josh's throat and splashed against the floor. Gross. Now, you remember what, what? What did Norman do just before the end of the chapter? I don't remember. What did he do, James? I don't remember. He always was drinking. He drank a quart of whiskey. Right. What is happening? He thought of he thought of it. What is happening? (laughs) Just after the moment when he'd realized his his love for his person, he would lose him. He thought Joshua would die. Fear overtook him. He stood and said, "I'm getting your mother." Though the idea of running naked to the door, knocking and telling her that also (coughs) he pulled a sock over his nakedness and ran into the hallway. (laughs) That all that her also curiously naked son was dry heaving on an empty stomach. Frightened. Up, you froze. Nope, I'm here, dude. You froze. I'm here. What's going on with Skype tonight? There you are. Yeah, You're back. Hold on. Yeah, I'm here. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> I didn't do anything. You rose. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you too far away from your modem? No, I'm right here. No, I have, your Wi-Fi? I have full signal. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm getting your mother, though the idea of running naked into the door and knocking and telling her that her also curiously naked son was dry heaving on an empty su- stomach. I don't know what too. happened. I jerked him off and now he's throwing up al- alcohol. I don't... <laughs> Joshua shook his head aggressively and heaved for breath, though he spit and said, She's not here. She leaves for work at five. Then heaved again, and more more of the liquid spurted out of him uncontrollably accumu- in an accumulating puddle on the floor. Then again, and again, and again. There seemed to be no end. The carpet was now soaked through, and he began to seep near Ben's bare feet, though he did not notice. What could he do? He remembered once that he and Jack had gotten drunk off cheap wine they'd stolen from McGowan's, that after a good vomit, standing up straight seemed, seemed to stop the retching. He wrapped his arms around Josh, and with us all his might, he stood him up. Stand up and take a breath. Josh did as Ben commanded, drawing in a deep, gurgling breath, then huffed and puffed, feeling dizzy and overcome with strange sense of satisfaction. The dizzy feeling dissipated, and his color had gone from a deep red of the veins standing out on his forehead back to his normal pale self. Ben stood aside him, patting Josh's back, overwhelmed at what had just happened. It reminded him of the doctor's office the day before, only this time he did not feel the need to vomit himself, only his concern for Josh remained. Josh caught his breath finally, and did not feel so queasy as before, but he had been, he had the startling sensation that the sex had caused this. Huh. Not that that could not be the outcome. As if Ben had vaguely read his mind, he asked, Was it me? He pulled him over, closely looking into his eyes. No, Josh cried. Absolutely not. But worried that it, but worried that it was true, then reasoned. This is the second time, remember? The other time at the doctor's office, he breathed deeply. You weren't in there. Was it, an a- was it the accident? Ben had once been struck in the head by a tumbling bowling ball that had fallen haphazardly out of the balance, its balance placed on a shelf in a closet. He got hit in the head with a bowling ball. Yeah. It okay, had now you have to... It had been haphazardly placed on a shelf in a closet and rolled in his head. <laughs> so You're telling me to... that's never happened to anybody in the I'm history I'm sure it's happened, but I mean, bowling balls are heavy and he should be talking like this. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> he had a concussion. And for days afterward, he felt sick to his stomach. That must have been it. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> also, when did you get up and drink all of this whiskey? <laughs> 
Not knowing what else to do after the harrowing experience, he hugged Ben, and Ben hugged back, holding his naked body close to his. It was then that he heard the squish at his feet. They broke their embrace and looked down. They were standing in the largest puddle of... They both smelled it. It had not the gross, sloppy quality of vomit. It was more like water. They stepped away from each other, inspecting the puddle on the carpet. Josh leaned down and sniffed. He ran a finger along the carpet and brought it to his nose and sniffed again. He knew it was liquor, but did not know what kind and how had it gotten into his body. Had he ever drunk? He had never drunk in his entire life. Ah. Whiskey, Ben said, looking down. It's whiskey. How Ben knew this, Josh would have to find out later. But for now, it was still the terif- It was still the terrifying wonder? What? Terrifying wonder. There was still the terrifying wonder. How had it gotten into his body? He did not feel drunk, not that he knew what drunk felt felt like, but checked himself anyways against the many memories of drunken people in movies. He oh, not... I see, Ben. You secretly got me drunk so we could fuck. He did not stammer his words, nor did he feel dizzy. Not any longer. The world around him was not swimming or moving in any way to imply intoxication. But there it was, a pool of used alcohol on the floor, sharply striking his nostrils and flavoring his mouth. The sweet liquid added to his morning breath, and he tongued he tongued it away like a dog with a mouthful of peanut butter. <laughs> Come on, that's good. That's good. You didn't drink. I wish I was with you all night and all morning and you didn't drink, he said definitively. I know. They were at a loss for the words of the uh, in the confusion of the past half hour. They were alone, scared, and completely in love. Because of this, they did not have the investigative skills to, nec- to necessary to divine where the offending drink had come from. Why are you why have to make sentences so long and stupid? They're not long and stupid, but you have covered this so far. We know that they don't know. Josh thought that maybe he'd gotten earlier and snuck out of bed and drank in his sleep (laughs) again had been reading his mind and said you didn't leave the bed at all not even to pee what ben can they're telepathic now no he is oh okay ben is telepathic josh can vorpal warp them into space and he's sharing some kind of weird bond with an old man that of gay with his truck stomach contents (laughs) even if you had you would have digested it during the night. It wouldn't come out like that. He pointed at the puddle. Something crazy is going on. Josh felt scared again. What then? I don't know. He broke down. A tear streamed from his eye, and he sat on the bed and put his face in his hands and began to sob. <laughs> I just realized I kept writing this, and they're both still completely naked. Yeah, like, they're still there. naked. Yeah, but they're home alone, so it's okay. As long yeah, as you're right. home alone, you can be as naked as you want. That's right. Yeah. Ben squished through the puddle and sat beside him on the bed, putting his arm around him and kissed his shoulder. Then even though him, he himself was a bit scared he had seen oh jesus christ and had seen You'd a thing seen that he jesus could not be... christ no he had seen, he had seen I told jesus you, christ the veil of reality was torn back and in space <laughs> jesus floated he's space jesus <laughs> hello you should you not have... be doing this homosex so i've cursed you with the alcohol throw-ups mm. thanks jesus he had seen a thing that could not be explained. He used this trick on Josh, not just to comfort him, but to see if it would work. He said, you're going to be okay, in a tone that welled from a place inside him that Josh had not discovered yet. Confident, yet not cocky. Loving, yet not condescending. Warm and deep, he said again, you are going to be okay. Josh breathed and shivered and said, I'm going to be okay. He did and, feel better. And then he threw up a hamster. What is going <laughs> on? <laughs> he shat. No, it would be funnier if he shat out a hamster. <laughs> <laughs> Bloop. Bloop. And- Meeped and ran into a corner. <laughs> what was Norman doing last night? <laughs> 
The anxiety melted away. His heart went back to a normal, normal rhythm, and all that was left was he and Ben again. He started laughing at the puddle. What the hell, he said, and let his body hitch with laughter. <sighs> ben joined in and laughed with him. What the hell indeed? And bellowed cacophonously. I don't need to use that goddamn word. Come on. What, cacophonously? Yeah. The infectious laughter of the two bounced off the walls and then back to their own ears. They sighed and fell back onto the bed, smiling. Ben's trick had worked. He knew it had. He said, We've got to clean that up. I know, Josh said, but made no move to do so. Neither did Ben. Oh, I know what's about to happen. Hold on a sec. No, no, no. What the hell? He asked again. He, he asked again rhetorically and then began to laugh again. Josh's stomach hurt from the laughing and puking, and he put a hand there and rubbed. Ben's hand joined at his navel, rubbing there as he was incensed by the touch again. The touch again. He sucked his dick and threw up all over his cock. <laughs> no, stop. Oh. <laughs> Balls coated in vomit. <laughs> oh, no. Through short chortles, Ben said, we really should clean that up. Josh wanted nothing more than to stay in bed all day with Ben, exploring him and exploring with him, but realized that the, mo- the monotonous call of daily life and the reality of the outside world was in fact was in fact material and not something that he had floated away during his escapade. His mother floated through his mind, his father, the farmer, then, oh no, Ben stopped stroking his belly and asked, what? The police are supposed to be here at seven to get my statement about the hit and run. Ben sat up, right, as if reality had come back to him too. They looked around at the puddle, the tussle of sheets, the ejaculate-covered t-shirt then to each other. They really had to clean themselves up and the room, though it really was just the puddle. They felt a sort of eagerness at the idea of hiding what they had done together. Not that anyone would know. They were all alone and no one had seen. And do long... What? And do long as all such encounters... What the fuck? I don't know, you wrote it. And too long as all such encounters were under the veil of secrecy, they should be fine. But as young people do, they believed that adults, with the exception of Joan, were always meddling with them, trying to find out their innermost thoughts and feelings. Then, of course, they would tell them that they were wrong about damn near everything they believed. And police, having discovered what they had done, would be more than happy to damn them, arrest them, and separate them for the rest of their lives. Into the loony bins! Stop jerking each other off! That's so gay! (laughs) The thought of this worried them, and, they, and more as they got dressed. They came, they, Josh had a long stream of cum across his stomach that dried there. <laughs> <laughs> because that's, I mean, let's the be The sheets had dried to it, and it acted like a glue. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> They became unnerved at, ha- at having to hide their nakedness from one another, never wanting to be clothed again. But it had to be done. Never clothed. <laughs> Josh went through his drawers from under for some underwear while Ben watched, looking him over, up and down, up and down. His love stepped into a pair of underwear, then a pair of jeans, and draped himself in a white t-shirt that accentuated his considerable chest. Ben asked, <laughs> You do a lot of push-ups, don't you? He turned to see Ben sitting naked on the bed. He expected him to be dressed as well, but realized he had not, he had only the sleepwear from the night before and was waiting for Josh's help. He, ha- he laughed half-heartedly and said, I'll get you some clothes, hun. He did not know why he added the hun at the end, uh-huh. but supposed it was something his father would say to his mother and thought nothing more of it. He opened the door to his bedroom and stepped into the hall, went across to the storage room and opened the door. As she walked as she walked in, he realized as he walked in, he, probably, he realized this would probably be Ben's room eventually. He could imagine his mother shuffling his things around until it suited him and allowed him some freedom he enjoyed. And then, he hoped that Ben could stay in his bed for much longer than one night, perhaps forever. Like, literally for the rest of their lives, they have to stay in that bed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
Fucking seed Charlie's name. grandparents. Yes, yes. <laughs> they become a couple of villains that, you know, Joan is traipsing around. She's, like, oh, <laughs> She's bottle-feeding them. Like the monster sister in Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Never get out of bed again! Never get out of bed again! He shuffled through the box that his mother had left out and found a pair of jeans, underwear, and a red shirt he'd worn a year before and turned to the doorway. He jumped a clear two feet back and shuddered, dropping the clothes to the floor. There standing in the doorway was his mom, looking haggard. Her hair shot in every direction as if it had been pulled from its normally bobby-pinned places. Mm. She had dark circles. They had the dark circles of a person who had not slept in days. She was dressed in a strange sort of bustier, the likes of which he'd only seen in his father's magazines. It was his mother, but it was not. Her breasts mm. popped out of the top of the bustier and her shoulders Shut. and chest looked bruised. Josh winced as he realized she was bleeding from the corners of her mouth. Mom! What the hell happened? Mom! He took a step forward and she wavered in the doorway swaying to and fro like she was a ship at sea. She took a step forward to meet him and almost fell over. She put her arms out to steady herself against one of the boxes and dropped something she'd been carrying in her hand. An empty bottle of whiskey rolled across the floor to his feet. Then looked down. He looked down, horrified. As she bent over, he could see Ben over her shoulder standing naked in the doorway. He cupped his penis, embarrassed, looked at Josh, frightened and wide-eyed. Josh's gaze met his as they shared their fear. She stood up, blocking Josh's view of Ben again. You boys, she slurred. You did it anyway. (laughs) She stumbled forward, pointing a finger at Josh, then turned over her shoulder to see Ben, whose embarrassment increased in her stare. He shut the door and leaned against it. She continued, I saw. No need to hide it now. I still love you. I still love you both. (laughs) Josh drudged up an excuse. Mom, he was just changing. I was getting some clothes. It's okay. She put her hands on the side of his face and held his head. It's okay, my beautiful boy. Was it nice? She squeezed his head. Mom, stop! He tried to squirm away, but for some reason, even though he was over her height and much stronger than her, he could not wrench himself from her hands. It was as if she'd gained the powers of Superman. He said, it hurts, mommy. She let go and softened and said, I'm sorry, baby. I'm just so worried. She shook her finger in his face. In between these little encounters, she, she, Josh was mortified, though it, it was only Ben who had witnessed this. It brought back the terror from before. He was unmoving, concerned for his mother's well-being. He had never seen her drunk before, did not even know if she had drunk, ever. She had been beaten and harmed in some way. He began to cry again and said, Oh, st- oh, stop. You know what you two need to do? You need to make it look like you're close friends. Go fishing. Go swimming. Go play with other boys. Go there. Things like that. She rolled her eyes and back into her head, then righted themselves and she fell towards she fell forward into his arms. Her dead weight against him was almost too much to bear, and he hoisted her with his legs and righted himself, holding her up. He swung his legs under hers and attempted to turn her, but something slick there had made it impossible. He looked down and noticed she had been bleeding down her thigh. He called, Ben! Something shifted against the door, and he heard the two steps, uh, and the, t- the two steps Ben took to the door. Then he opened it slightly and saw the terrible scene. Oh, shit! Blood was running down Joan's leg profusely, and it puddled in small gouts over the rug. The sight of it, dressed in that thing he'd seen the night before, along with Josh trying to stand her up. It would haunt him. It would haunt him forever. He had no need to ask if she was okay. He knew she was not. You sleeping? Hmm? No. You mother... Yes, you were snoring, you piece of shit. I was. I'm this, tired. This chapter goes on for a long I've been, time. I've been awake since 4 o'clock this morning, so... Alright, well, let's end the show there. Next okay, week... good, because I was gonna start dreaming about kids having sex with each other, and it'd be your fault! Well, why not? What's wrong with that? Stop it!
Okay, that's it. Thanks, Eddie, for reading the story. You're welcome. And remember, guys, we're still accepting your stories. Please go to the Let Me Listen podcast website, go to the contact page, and leave a story there, or let me know how you can get it to me. Or let me finish. This has been Jason Harding. Put your fucking slimy cock inside my ass. And Why you put did your you say slimy? slimy? Slimy my push, and you fuck me from the front and lick me with your garbage tongue. And next week, <laughs> you'll never have to hear this story again. Unless we oh. run out of books in the public domain, which would be impossible. That's true. I hope you all love your new format. I'll still be here, though. <laughs> <laughs> and so okay, will I. And so will I. Uh, no, well, no, I'll no, be back. Of, all your friends, none. all your nightmare friends. Yeah, nightmare is true. My my favorite friend will be this one. Say goodbye. <laughs> coming back, coming back to the show. The time is a flat cock. All right, goodbye everybody. We're ending on that. That'd be great. All right, goodbye everybody. Bye. The Lemmy Finish Podcast is a Lemmy Listen Podcast production with Atticus Blake and Jason Harding. With music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen Podcasts at our website at www.letmelistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and iTunes. Please like and leave a review. And thank you for listening.